0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Ladies Jack Levee. Lead it up or get out the way, Trey Young.
1: Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. We're talking to you about the Chicago Bulls after summer league. The Bulls go two and three in summer league. Uh, there was some pretty impressive performances. Patrick Williams. Uh, was the headlining talent on the Bulls Summer League roster. Averaged 21 points a game through his three games. Didn't always score efficiently, but I think he had some some good moments, some bad moments, a mixed bag for Patrick Williams in a role that will be completely different from the one <laughs> he's going to see in Chicago when things start for real. Uh, a couple other headliners, Io DeSumo showed off some really good defensive ability, I thought. Had a couple big scoring games towards the end of Summer League. Devon Dotson, uh, he got a chance to play two after riding the pine for throughout his rookie year. He still looks really quick with the ball. He's back on a two-way deal. Jason, what did you think of summer league with the
2: Bulls? All right. So I'll admit I was not able to watch the last couple games. I'm in the process of moving to a new house uh, tomorrow, actually. So I didn't get to see the last two, but I did watch the first three. And those were the first three that Patrick Williams played in. And yeah, I mean, he showed... He played base. He dominated the ball. He took, like you mentioned, 21 points per game, 19 field goal attempts per game. As you mentioned as well, not the most efficient. He shot around 38% overall did shoot about 44% from three, which is really nice. I mean, he wasn't just like taking like, like just spot up threes. Like he was gunning three pointers. Like he was taking like pull up threes in transition, Uh, He was taking off the dribble threes like shots that he like he wouldn't have dared take last year, which I think is at least a good sign. Even if his role is going to be much different playing with Zach and DeRozan and Vooch Alonzo ball. It was still nice to see that aggression come out and uh, just like getting those shots up, which is what we wanted to see him do. Again, didn't score the most efficiently the entire time. Again, 19 shots a game for 21 points isn't the best when you shoot 38 percent overall. Uh, Had some issues struggling uh, finishing inside around the basket um his drive his, definitely still needs work like his handle and those drives like he can do some straight line drives but not the most like nifty driving ball handler player But i mean whatever he's gonna be playing like power forwards like not not necessarily something he needs to be doing uh like dominating at right away uh so like i l- like the mindset that we saw from him uh, i guess he also did have almost five turnovers a game so another just example of the, the handle the t- decision making not always the best but again this is a pretty new, a huge new role for him just dominating the offense as the, the main ball handler. Uh, and I think you have to like most most of what you saw at least offensively. Again, even with the lack of efficiency, the aggression was good. Was we want to see him have that aggression. He's not gonna again, he's not gonna get those all these opportunities, but he needs to take advantage of the opportunities that he does get when he's playing with these other guys. We want him to quick fire, catch, and shoot. We don't want him uh, record scratching and, and passing up shots. Like he want, he's got to get up those shots. Was not afraid to get them up in summer league. Uh, so that was at least a nice thing to see. Uh, what do you, what do you make of of Pat's uh, what Pat did?
1: Yeah, I think you know the role is the first thing that stands out yeah. to me, and it's going to be interesting because last year is a rookie. He had a really low usage role, and I think coming into this season, the thing I was really looking for in a second season was Cam Patrick Williams take on more usage and still score efficiently. Well, that question sort of changed as the Bulls remade the roster over the course of the offseason. Now you have three 20 point per game scorers in the starting lineup. You have Lonzo Ball, who I think has averaged about what, like, he averaged like 15 a game last year. Obviously, he's a very good passer. He's not known for his scoring, but he's known for basically everything else he brings to the game. And then you got Pat as the fifth member of the starting lineup. And so I think, you know, when Pat went to Summer League, what we wanted to see was him be the best player on the floor, right? You were a top five draft pick. You're in your second year in the league. Uh, there's not too much we could really learn from summer league, regardless of how good Pat was. But if he really struggled and he sucked, then I would say that, you know, that would be a red flag about his development. Now, either way, there would've, it would have came with some necessary caveats because, uh, you know, Pat was the youngest player in the league last year. Like I said, he played a very low usage role off the ball. And in the summer league team, he was the one who was mostly playing with the ball in his hands. And he was, you know, the focal point of the offense. And that sort of role is a huge adjustment because he's never really had it in his life, even though it's lower level competition in summer league. uh, And even though, you know, he should be a step ahead of everyone just based on his draft status and being a second year player. But I think that what Pat showed was that he has a bit of a diverse offensive skill. He has like more skills than he was able to show during his rookie year in the NBA. Mostly that just comes with playing on the ball, being able to initiate some offense. Uh, I thought he threw some really good passes. We saw throughout summer league, the jump shot looked good in the first game. There was a play where at the end of the shot clock, he sort of lost control of the ball, pulled up deep from three and swished it. That was good to see. Uh, In general, I thought his performance was relatively a mixed bag. I mean, he shot under 40% from the field, but whenever you're watching Bulls games, Stacey King, every single time, (laughs) had to be more aggressive, be more aggressive, be more aggressive. And he did that at least in summer league. So it was good to see him take on that offensive burden. I don't think we really learned too much about Patrick Williams that we didn't already know through his three games in summer league. Uh, if anything, I think we probably got more takeaways on Simonovic and on Io and maybe on Dotson. Those were the three guys who were on this team who figured to be in the Bulls' long-term plans. In addition to Pat, but I would say that I was I certainly wasn't like extremely discouraged by Pat's run in summer league, and I don't think that like what he showed in summer league or like how he struggled to score efficiently is going to be. Uh, you know, a massive red flag for his future as a bull. He certainly is going to have a really important role this year. His role is going to be much more important defensively than offensively. He's sort of him and Lonzo are sort of going to have to be the glue that holds this defense together in between three guys who have historically been known as poor defenders and DeRozan, Vucevic, and Levine. So uh, good to see Pat be the focal point of a team. I think that, you know, it's going to be a big year for Pat and it'll just be, It'll be wild to see how this new supporting cast sort of affects his development long term yeah. like uh is the best thing for Pat long term to like take a very low usage role maybe not but what could help Pat is just being on a winning team playing a winning player <laughs> yeah playing a role that contributes to winning instead of just trying to get up shots yeah. and uh, you know,
2: development can happen in a lot of different ways. I mean, the, so. I think the fact that his three-point shot was great, I think that's very promising. I mean, that's what well, he's going to have to do a lot of that three-point shooting, uh, creating offense off cutting, uh, offensive rebounding. He's very good at doing that. He, he p- crashing the glass for putback stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff he's going to have to do. Like the creation stuff, like maybe he'll get some opportunities like on the bench. So maybe the, this summer, that summer league stuff will. If he's going, like if it's like him in like. Uh, he'll have to stagger the lineups So if he's getting more on-ball opportunities, maybe against second units like that kind of stuff. I did like to see. I know that that first game the Bulls fell apart down the stretch. I think he kind of wore, got worn down. I think that was against the who was that? This Pelicans. They were throwing a bunch of long bodies at him. I think it got him flustered. I feel like I got worn down. You know, I think it was the second game where they had the big comeback, and Pat basically closed the door on him. Had a couple really nice mid-range shots. I, I hate the the Kawhi comparisons are, are brutal. They're they're just obviously Kawhi is high, high end comparison, but there was one play that did remind me of Kawhi where like, he just got the ball posted up on the elbow. He just kind of swung around and then just put the, put up the mid range shot right in the dude's face. It had, so it kind of looked like what, when Kawhi does that kind of stuff. So like, again, I don't, don't like those comparisons because they're out out there and ridiculous, but like you kind of see just like, I guess the, the him like taking uh, just like cues from Kawhi and how he plays in some of that mid range stuff. So that was really cool to see him close that other game, uh, but overall, yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, interesting to see how he transfers this over to the regular season, and obviously his role is going to change. All. Let's let's move on to those other guys you mentioned. We got Marco, Io. I guess we'll, we'll start with Io as as the uh, Illinois guy here. Uh, m- another mixed bag, and I think we saw like I think a lot of what you said about him coming into summer league is kind of what we saw. Uh, his shooting was brutal. Uh, he, I think he shot 8% from three. He did have a couple of big scoring games or a attacking the basket. Those, those big scoring games were after Pat was gone. So what those first three games, like he was more playing like an off ball role and just like, that's just like not his game. That's something I remember you talking about it. Like that's something he'll have to get used to is playing off the ball more. It's like, he was just kind of floating around out there Uh again, the three point shot. That, he did improve that at Illinois, but this last year, but like, Again, he he shot like 8% in summer league uh, from three. And just sometimes he would just kind of get lost in the offense. When he had the ball in his hands and able to do stuff for his own self, he was able to get those big scoring games. When he gets out in transition, you can see him where he's really deadly, turning defense into offense. And again, this is what you said coming into the summer league, coming into his NBA career, that Io would be a guy who could maybe make his hay in the NBA on the defensive end. And that is kind of what we saw in that Spurs comeback game. His defense helped, uh, uh, help with that comeback he had i think like four steals that game he had getting turning defense into offense getting out in transition and scoring uh so i think we just kind of saw that like the offense mixed bag the, he didn't do that much in terms of like creation he had a few nice passes when he plays off the ball that's something he's really not to get better at but defensively is where he could re, if he going to get minutes like i'd be i'd be surprised if he got major minutes unless there's like injuries just because the Bulls are trying to win as a second round pick. He doesn't seem like he's ready to make like a huge impact other than maybe being like a defensive energy guy. Uh, So I think a lot of what you said uh, coming to this, just kind of turned out to be right.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought IO, you know, just through the five games, 48% true shooting. That's bad. What you want, like league average is about 56%. So to shoot under 50% true shooting is tough. But like you said, he got a lot better when he was controlling the action more often with the ball in his hands in the last two games. Uh, After Patrick Williams started sitting out, he had 26 points on 11 of 21 shooting in his fourth game. And then in the finale on Monday night, he had 19 points, 7 of 14 shooting. So offensively, yeah, I think it's going to be an adjustment for him. And mostly, like you could say this for – the majority of the league for young guys trying to break into the league. So it's not exactly super incisive analysis, but Io's stake take in the NBA is very much going to come down to, if he can hit a catch and shoot jumper over a contest. And if defenses respect him enough, on that shot that when they close out, if they close out hard, he can he can beat them. And Io has a long way to go as a catch-and-shoot guy. I think he looks a lot more comfortable shooting off the dribble than he does off spot-ups. That's what he's been doing most of his life as someone who's always played point guard. In summer league, he shot 1 of 12 from three-pointer. So if you want to talk about the low scoring efficiency, you can point exactly to how he was doing from behind the arc. I do think there was a lot of positives, though, mostly on the defensive end. Iowa's always been a guy who's been the star of his team, of every team he's ever been on, right? Uh, when he came to Illinois, he was their first five-star recruit and however long. And, uh, you know, he, he's always been like the focal point of the team. And that's obviously not going to be the case this year. And when that's not the case, now you need to transition to more of a role player. Starts with the spot-up shooting, starts on the defensive end. I thought defensively, he looked really good. And I didn't really totally know what to make of Io on the defensive end, uh, if only because he was using so much of his energy offensively at Illinois. Obviously, he has good tools on that end, which I've talked about. Six, ten and a half wingspan, strong frame. I thought he looked pretty awesome defensively. He was really hard to screen. He was getting a bunch of steals. He just always seemed to be making something happen. I loved his defensive activity, and I thought he was moving well on the perimeter. Uh, offensively, his big issue is that he just doesn't have much burst with the ball in his hands. He's not someone who's going to like burn you with his first step, get to the basket. Even when he was scoring, I feel like he wasn't consistently touching the paint, uh, in the big, one big scoring game, he was even hitting a lot of floaters. That's good to see. That's a trick that all guards who aren't super quick need to develop as a way to score around the basket without getting all the way to the rim. So mixed bag for Io for sure. But I was really impressed with his uh, defensive activity. And I do agree with you, though, that it's very unlikely that he sees real minutes this year. And we can use the way that Dotson, you know, Dotson's role last year to inform us how Billy Donovan Might use Io. Dotson barely played, even though the Bulls were truly playing for nothing at the end of the season. Dotson still wasn't getting any minutes. I would assume that Io is going to have a very small or non-existent role on the Bulls as a rookie for a team that, you know, suddenly has a few guys who are over 30 and is really trying to capitalize on this window. Uh, Simonovich
2: though could one, have. one last point about Io though he it, yeah. he did sign I believe a two year guaranteed contract so he's not he didn't get a two way Dotson is back on a two way Io did get two years guaranteed so that's a li- makes him a little different than Dotson in that regard obviously his draft status was a bit higher too I believe Uh, but I again yeah ultimately probably will not have a role to your point on simona uh I, I i keep saying his i do not is it simonovich simonovich i don't know so what, what, I, I i i listen to them i watched these games and they kept saying it and i'm like i'm pretty sure i've been saying it wrong i'm probably still saying it wrong but continue with your point because i think he's probably gonna play i'm just curious
1: what did you think of his performance i mean another
2: another mixed bag uh the three-point shot um was noticeably awful. Uh, looks bad, flat. It was terrible. I was expecting more out of that. I did, I like the energy. He, he got out and ran the floor a lot, uh, had some decent passes. I think he had four assists last night in last night's game. Like I said, I didn't see, I saw some highlights of last night's game, but I wasn't able to watch that live. Uh, again, like running the floor, pretty aggressive doing that. Uh, he did, he took the mantle of Lowry Markinen. And uh, that first game, at least a, t- a really ambitious dunk attempts that fail miserably. He had like three of them in that first game uh, or replacing Lowry already. But uh, I think the uh, I really like to see him running the floor. He he did that really well. Uh, he got to the line, I think, a decent amount. Let me pull up these stats again. Got to the line, a decent amount, at least those first couple games. He averaged 12 points a game. 4.4 uh, free throw attempts per game, shot 50%. Again, he did not make a single three-pointer, so that was disappointing. He didn't play that much. He only played 19 minutes per game, which is kind of interesting, given Pat Williams played 34 minutes a game and Io played 26 minutes a game. Some of these other guys played a bit more. So it was interesting that he only played 19 minutes a game. Uh, the rebounding was eh, only 4.4 rebounds. Uh, I know our group chat was kind of talking about that. They, that. That that was kind of Lowry-esque, just not that great on the boards. I feel like I've heard that he is usually... that. Over in Europe, he was better on the glass, so maybe just who knows? But just the small sample size. Obviously, again, all these small sample size caveats with summer league and all that stuff. Did have two assists per game, which was actually more than Io. I mentioned. I think I saw our guy Mark Mark K. I think tweeted out a nice uh, read that he made. So again, some decent things. Uh, I feel like I watching him. Like he is not a guy who I want to rely on like big minutes as a primary backup for. But uh, as of right now, the way the roster is set up he might be which is why i would love to see them bring in another veteran considering we're in a season where they're trying to win so like i saw some nice things uh i feel like that i i I wasn't like super impressed from like this guy's going to be awesome like i think he's going to be making an impact play right away could i be wrong absolutely um maybe he once he starts in the nba gets used to it maybe he does uh get uh acclimated really quick and starts making an impact but in terms of right now, uh, I would still love another big in there to so they're not like relying on him, especially if they are injuries. Like I don't want him to be thrust into the starting lineup if he's like the backup forward. He's got to play right away. Like I, I would not feel good about that.
0: <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's something I wanted to talk about, too, is just, uh, you know, how the the Bulls need to fill out the bench. And I think that that's something that we sort of saw in Summer League that I don't think Io or Marco can really be counted on to have a big role. Now, Marco did have some moments. He had 58 percent true shooting. I think he averaged 12 points a game. And I was going to bring up the passing because over the last two games, he threw some really good passes. They didn't all go for assists, but I was impressed by like his general feel for the game and his vision. So that's good. Is you know his scoring efficiency was solid. As you said though, he came in with his reputation as a floor spacing big, and he didn't show that whatsoever. Like he wasn't able to connect very often from deep. So that is going to be something to monitor as he goes on. Uh, I don't know. I thought that in general he looked okay, but like you said. He didn't look like someone who you want to give real minutes to at the start of the season. I would actually be more comfortable with Dotson playing real minutes than Marco. And Dotson's on a two-way and will likely spend most of the year in the G League. So uh, Marco's going to be on the team, though. And I don't know if you got anything else, but I did want to talk about the bench and yeah, for sure need to continue to add talent to the bench
2: i guess was there was there anybody else that was there anybody else from the summer league that like caught your eye i mean looking at the numbers i know we had talked about tyler bay he's he's not that i mean i guess he's had some he had a big game i think last night it seemed like he doesn't do that much dotson had the dotson unfortunately got hurt so he after that big first game he wasn't that good after that uh the, and But besides that, like Jalen Adams has been in the league. Who is he with recently? Like his, his shooting, per, like these shooting percentages are all like really terrible. So I feel like there's really nobody else that like really stood out here uh, outside of those top three. And then Dotson had the first big game. Bay is like, okay. Like if they want to take a shot on him, maybe as an energy defensive guy, like maybe he's your other two-way player. Uh, like, I don't know about like Ethan Thompson had a few decent shooting games to start, but his numbers ended up being bad. Uh, Shimi Chitu, like whatever. And then there's Jalen Adams two, tw- shot 28%. So like, yeah, looking past that and like looking at how they're going to fill out this bench, uh, Marco has not signed his contract. Yet. I think he might sign with the rest of the MLE that they didn't use on Caruso. And then, so I think that will give them 12, 12 contracts, guaranteed deals. And then you got dots on the two way. We still have to figure out what's going on with Larry marketing. Uh, still in a holding pattern. Casey wrote about it today at NBC sports. Chicago It's kind of just, it's just up in the air right now. There was also, I know Tim Cato reported over at the athletic Mavericks beat writer about the Mavs interest. I think the Mavs have a, do they have a big trade exception as well? Like them and the Pelicans have that trade exception. There was talk about maybe like Maxie Kleber being part of like a sign and trade. Let me pull this up. Uh, where is that? I know Mark sein first reported this, uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tim says he's heard Chicago's interest in Cleaver. I mean, that'd be a really nice, like there you go. Like if you're talking about having somebody to be your backup bench big instead of Marco, I mean, Maxi Cleaver would be a nice pull if you're going to do a sign and trade with the Mavs, but it seems like it's kind of, I don't know if the, if the Mavs aren't offering what the Bulls want quite just yet, or what, what, what wants, Uh, like in this article, it says Dallas would love to convince Markinen to sign under his market value. Uh, I'm sure he would love, I mean, it seems like there's just really nothing out there for him. At some point he's going to have to just say, do I take a below market quote unquote, below market, like long-term deal, or do I go back to the bulls on the qualifying offer? I know we've talked about how we're basically done with Lowry. And I mean, even Casey kind of talked about this conundrum here, like would Lowry, would Lowry, after all the stuff that he has said about wanting a fresh start, like would he be willing to bite the bull and come back? Do the Bulls even want him to come back when they know that he has one foot out the door already and is basically just playing for an next contract? I mean, maybe in a season like this, when you need big man depth, uh, you just take that and you're like, "All right, Lowry, you're back on this one year deal. Go prove it. Go go help us win some basketball games. If you want to go sign somewhere else at next year, we'll work. To, we'll try to work something out next year. Like I wouldn't hate it. at this point. I wouldn't hate it. I feel like the need for a big man is is still needed, and that Lowry is your backup four or five at twenty minutes a game. I can deal with that. He shot 40% from three last year. He's not, you adjust the expectations down. You're not expecting him to be this foundational piece anymore. So if he's back on this one year deal, uh, for 20 minutes a game, whatever he can start in a pinch. I would be totally fine with that. Uh, What's your take on the Lowry situation at this point? Is it just kind of dragging on? I don't know when it's going to get, when it's going to come to a solution, a
1: resolution. It's sort of holding, it's like hovering over the team right now and over the rest of the offseason because the Bulls to me still feel incomplete. And it's great that they were able to build out a five man starting lineup. But as of right now, this bench is pretty bad. And especially when you're relying on older guys, uh, there's going to be injury risk there. Karna is going to have to load up the bench with some real pieces you have caruso who i think is good as a sixth man off the bench that's awesome you need one more guy now kleber would be absolutely perfect if they could get him from dallas he defended Kawhi leonard in their playoff series this year in the last two years i think uh he's just a big forward who's light on his feet he wasn't like a perfect guy to defend someone like Kawhi, but he could do it he could hold his own and even if he was going to get beat the majority of the time, that's what happens when you face one of the best players in the world and Kawhi Leonard, uh, he could at least put up enough resistance. And then offensively he's another guy who can space the floor. He just has like some pretty good versatility. I would love him as the sixth or seventh man on this team. Him yep. and Kuto off the bench. That would give the Bulls multiple good lineups they can play. Cause right now, like how many good lineups do they actually have? They have the starters, That's a good lineup. And then you have the lineup where you take out Pat and you put in Caruso, the point guard, slide DeRozan up to the four. I think that's a really good lineup. But after that, I mean, there's just not going to be a ton of options for the Bulls because they don't have much depth. Right now, probably Tony Bradley is the seventh man. And he was like Brown. He was like the 10th or 11th or 12th man on the Sixers last year before he got traded.
2: Yeah, especially with with Kobe being hurt, especially for sure. You have right. Troy Brown
1: as well, yeah. who's also unproven in the league and is, you know, about to take on a pretty sizable role as your backup power or your backup small forward. So what the Bulls need are big wings, guys who can play the three or the four. They need to focus on getting one or two of those guys on the bench. A guy I would like to see them pick up is a big man. Actually, Isaiah Hartenstein, twenty-three years old, played with the Cavs last year. I believe he was in the two thousand and seventeen draft as a German prospect. A uh, really good big man passer. You know, seven foot two fifty. He's got great size. I think that uh, he could just be another solid big to add into the rotation. Maybe you know he plays a little bit of four in two big lineups. So I would like to see him get added. Paul Millsap would be another guy. Yeah. Probably be an even better signing than Hartenstein. Uh, he already has a relationship with the AK. He is uh, obviously a, a proud veteran who is still pretty effective this past year with the Nuggets, even though his game has started to slip. So the Bulls need to fill out this bench, man. And if they don't, they're going to be in trouble. And I think that they will. And that is just being held up by Lowry yeah. right now. Like, are they going to trade him and get pieces back? You know, we talked earlier this summer about a potential deal with the Timberwolves, where maybe the Bulls are getting Joshua Koji back or Hernan Gomez back or Jared Vanderbilt back or Jared Culver back. Get two of those guys that would go a long way towards fortifying the bench. But right now they definitely feel incomplete. And once the marketing situation is resolved, things will start to come into focus. And I think you set up the stakes of what marketing is looking at right now perfectly. Like he can either come back to the bulls on a one year qualifying offer and then become an unrestricted free agent after the year, or he can sign a little bit lower deal, go to a new team and hopefully look better. So if I was in marketing situation, dude, I would absolutely sign a slightly lower contract to go play with Luca. Luca's the type of guy who can make Markkinen a bunch of money moving forward because Markkinen's never played with someone who can create yeah. offense the way that Luca can. Like, Luca would easily be the best passer he's ever played with. I think that they could work really well together. So for Markkinen, if you can sign a deal, let's say two years, 20 million, three years, 30 million, you know, give me three years, 30 million with a player option on the last year of that deal. I think that would be really good for Markkinen uh, from his perspective just because he would still be young when he gets into free agency again after that contract and his reputation right now, like the league has told you everything you need to know about Larry. Marshall. Right. And the bulls it, are the, yeah. is tarnished after a yeah. couple of years. So,
2: yeah, I was going to say the bulls are supposedly holding out for a first round pick in the, in these talks as well. I mean, I can't imagine they get that. I would gladly take, if they can get Cleaver, Honestly, just like a straight up trade like that. Totally fine. Uh, if maybe they that might would be have to come ideal. Down to it wouldn't yeah. even be fine. That would be a home run. Right. Yeah, that Boston. would be for it sure. Would make
1: this bulls off season just an A to yeah. be
2: getting a super solid sixth or seventh man like Cleaver. Yeah. I mean, if they can't do that, like maybe they take seconds and I know they don't want to take long-term money, but I feel like if they have to take some long-term money, it's not going to be bad money. I mean, whatever Lowry's getting is not going to be that much. So, like, they're, I know they're holding out, and they can. I mean, they do they do have the time. It's not like they have to rush into anything with Lowry. I know, like you said, it is kind of holding over their offseason right now, and it's kind of maybe holding up other moves. I mean, they could still go sign other other end-of-bench guys if they really want to, Like unless Lowry really is, like, holding up like, maybe it may, it maybe Paul Millsap is waiting to see, like, hey, if like this role will be open for me. I don't, I have no idea. I have no information on that, obviously, but uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, let's uh, one last thing yeah. I want to say right here is that uh, just coming in right now, the
1: Celtics got a 17 million dollar trade exception. I saw that as part of the Evan Fournier deal. Fournier, of course, going to the Knicks this offseason. So, Celtics take Lowry into that trade exception. Uh, I don't. I mean, oh, you know. Totally know what the sellers have on their bench that they could send back at the moment. I don't think they would send someone like Romeo Langford or like Nesmith. Some, some some guys on the end of the bench. I mean, he was a lottery pick last year. They're not going to trade him. Yeah. But uh, they got some guys, you know, on the end of the bench, maybe that the Bulls could be interested in. And uh, you know, teams with trade exceptions like that could be another potential landing spot for Markman. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, let's wrap up here. We did get one question yesterday. I figured we can wrap it up on this uh from one of our Twitter users. This is Jeff at Jeff one and 24. He just asks, uh if healthy bulls over under 45 plus wins this season. I think if they say healthy, I'd go over. I think they could get to like max 48, I think is where I'm at right now. And that's like, if things really go right, like I'd be surprised if they got all the way to 50, but I think if things go mostly right, I think they could get to the mid forties of 46, 47, 48. So I will say over on that. How about you? So I'm super high on the bulls, but I
1: think that the, sort of the smarter choice would just be to go under there, especially at this point. Because yeah, the probably. Bench, the bench stinks. Yeah. Currently, we'll see what
2: happens. And yeah, that's like a big thing holding me back is that the bench yeah. stinks. Yeah, this is just me being like, I, I guess the optimistics, like if you're betting that right now, I think like, that, you know, probably is smarter to scenario, go.
1: Away. I think like best case scenario, nothing goes wrong. The team as currently constructed, could they win 45 games. Yeah. Yeah, But that's going to require like Vucevic being healthy the whole year, Rosen uh, being healthy and playing well the whole year. So to me, I would go under on that for now. We'll see what they do with the rest of the roster. Like I said, it still feels incomplete. So AK has got some more moves to make. He's been really aggressive in the offseason. To this point, marketing, just get off the team, bro. (laughs) Sign a contract. Go play with Luka Doncic. I can't imagine a better scenario for him personally. I'm going to be able to open market at 26 or whatever. So, dude, just just do it. And if the Bulls could get Maxi Kleber, then I'm definitely taking the over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 4-5. and
2: there were those rumors out there. I think at, towards the end of the season about him wanting to play with Luca. Which I mean, whatever. It's obvious. Of course, you want to go play with Luca Doncic. I get, I get it. I will note one I thing about the fit. over. Yeah, about the over under thing. I believe it was PointsBet came out with their win totals last week, and the Bulls were at 39 and a half, which seemed, that's like really, really low. If the Bulls don't make it to 40 wins this season, in an 82 game season, that's an absolute disaster uh and would be awful uh i feel like i think 43 44 i think once this offseason is all said and done i think is a reasonable number that that line's gonna be set at again i'm taking the optimistic track here that they'll go over on that but if i I do understand the betting for betting purposes alone i totally get going under especially since we don't really know what what happens right with the the rest of the roster but uh we'll see we got we'll see what happens with lowry um uh, maybe next time that we record this pod, which will probably be next week, because I said I'm moving, so I won't be available. Hopefully, the Lowry situation has worked out by then. But, uh, Ricky, got anything else can we wrap up here? Maybe we can wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network, uh all the other great pods across the Blue i would Go check them out, great summer league coverage, and all that stuff. And obviously, we got the NFL's coming up pretty soon, so NFL podcasts. We're Approaching the MLB playoffs, and then all the other great podcasts po- across the Blue Wire network for us here at Cash Considerations, HKI Bulls Podcast. And always, please rate and review us. Give us those five star ratings, or if you don't like our pod, let us know how we're doing. You could leave uh, leave the notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we're on Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Google. For us at Twitter, I'm at Bulls underscore J. Rookie is at Espeon underscore Rookie. As I mentioned again, we probably will not be doing a pod again until next week. Um, hold on. Actually, I'm going to wrap. We have a trade right now. As, uh, as we're finishing up this pod, we got the Grizzlies are trading Patrick Beverly to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Jared Culver and Juan Hernan Gomez. So that is one, one thing you literally just talked about a possible Lowry, Lowry destination is looks like that's off the table. Culver and Juan Hernan Gomez going to the Timberwolves, uh, are going to the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves are getting Patrick Beverly, uh, kind of a strange trade. There was that weird Eric Bledsoe trade going on last week where he's going back to the clippers kind of kind of crazy but uh i'll go I'll, we'll wrap it up now but that's hilarious happening right as we're finishing up this pod again as i said i am in the process of moving uh got my first house exciting stuff moving tomorrow congrats jason yes, that's thank you, yeah thank you so much we'll not be available to do pods then the, the rest of the week so uh if something with lowry happens we will try to do something as soon as possible maybe i could sneak something in of, uh, when, if it happens th- uh, later this week but otherwise we'll be back next week uh, to talk all things Bulls hopefully there'll be more uh, just kind of clarity with regards to the roster and then we got basically what six weeks until training camp starts from there so a little coming into a little dead period we'll try to get some more guests on over the next few weeks maybe get some insight about some of the players the Bulls acquired um, what we can expect so uh, we'll talk to you guys next time and take it easy